0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Got a great show for you today. I'm excited about it. I want to tell you about something first. On realestateinvestingmastery.com is our main podcast website, right? On there, if you have not heard, you need to get our Fast Cash Survival Kit and or the Wholesaling 101 Mind Map. I probably recommend the Wholesaling 101 Mind Map. We created that Fast Cash Survival Kit back in 2011 it's still relevant still works today but the wholesaling 101 mind map is a course that i created less than uh, a few months ago and it's an entire mind map i took all of the steps to wholesaling a deal and just kind of removed all the fluff broke it down to the simplest fastest easiest way cheapest way to do a wholesaling deal from beginning to end and i walked through that in the mind map and so in the mind map is all of my checklists and contracts and postcards and spreadsheets and all that good stuff. You can get it in the mind map with videos of me walking through it. Also, we included the transcripts of all the videos as well. So you can read if you don't want to watch the videos. So if you want to get that, just go to the Real Estate Investing Mastery website. Or I got a little shortcut here for you. You can actually text the word FLIP to 313131. And the system will respond back to you with a link, and you can click that link and get the mind map. So text the word FLIP to 313131, and you can get your hands on that mind map. Cool? So also, again, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, whatever you're listening this on. We appreciate the reviews, okay? So do that right now. If you've not left us a review on the show, leave us a review. Go to iTunes. It's probably my favorite place to get reviews from. So go there and... Um, leave us a review. I appreciate it. So cool. Now today's show, it's going to be really cool. This is a guy, his name is Bo Hollis from Louisville, Kentucky. And he has had, he's not been in the business very long and he had a monstrous year in 2017. And we're going to talk about that and talk about what he's doing and how he's making a killing right now in real estate investing and what he's kind of doing. So let's get in. Bo, how are you? Doing great. Man, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. Thanks for having me. So you're in Louisville. I am, right
1: down the street, man. Not far.
0: We first met a couple years ago in Nashville. Isn't that right?
1: We did. I actually met on uh, the day before Valentine's Day.
0: <laughs> That's right. What, <laughs> what, what, I was in Nashville for a workshop. What were you in Nashville for?
1: Uh, I was in Nashville uh, for a date night with my wife, but we actually happened to be at the same restaurant. And, uh, we ended up sitting together and uh, having a meal.
0: That's right. And I was with Tom Kroll and a few other Mm -hmm. guys and we were there for a workshop called story brand, which was really, really good. And, um, you were just there, so you didn't know we were going to be there or did you kind of work that out in advance with Tom?
1: Well, Tom had mentioned that you guys were going to be in town and I told him about the cool restaurant that I was going to go to. I told him he should come and, you know. I didn't know if he would actually come or not. My wife and I were already eating dinner, and ended yeah. up just kind of working out.
0: That's right. That was that was pretty cool. Uh, so we met in Nashville. You were just getting started in real estate at the time, right?
1: Yep, I just uh, just been start just got started, and I had done just a less than a handful of deals, maybe less than five.
0: And uh, I remember talking to you a little bit then, and then I just saw you a couple of weeks ago in Orlando. Tom Kroll had his big uh, wholesaling. Summit conference thing, yep. and I uh, met you there again. And you were doing so well. I said, Hey, Bo, can I get you on the podcast? I'd love you to talk about your story. So cool. Go back a little bit, Bo. What were you doing before you got into real estate? Oh, man.
1: I, Forever, I was a life college student. It seemed like I was uh, going to go to school forever. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> uh, life changed. We had a child and I had our first child. And I realized that college probably wouldn't pay the bills. So I kinda got recruited to be in life insurance and uh, got into life insurance sales. And I did, uh, sold life insurance policies, ran a business with that and had about uh, 25 agents that reported directly to me and we sold a lot of life insurance, uh, whole life insurance specifically. And just really the, the heart of that business was door knocking. And we did door knocking every single day. We talked to a lot of people and sold a lot of life insurance, but man, the grind was tough. Uh, But that's kind of where, where I got my start was just learning how to talk to people and just really getting out there and hustling. And then one day I was riding a lawnmower, listening to rich dad, poor dad. And I said, man, I need to, I need to buy some assets. And called a friend and what? started listening. How, how long, listening long to ago podcasts. was this? I started listening to Rich Dad Poor Dad in spring of 2016, and I did my first deal on November 8th of 2016. Wow! And after my first deal, I quit my job, walked away from my business, and just like, hey, I'm I'm walking away.
0: <laughs> okay, sweet. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. You you um. You start doing deals, you read the book, and then did you just do deals from that book or did you buy something else?
1: No, I had gotten in touch with Tom Kroll and uh, listened to Tom Kroll's podcast. I became a coaching student of Tom, and I listened to a lot of your podcast and really just kind of listened to a lot of what people said and just kind of did what people do. And what they say is just kind of uh, listen to a lot of these podcasts. Like like one of your things that you said was – Partner up with wholesalers. Huh. Partner with people in your market. And uh, I was actually listening uh, to that podcast while riding a lawnmower one time. I know I'm always riding lawnmowers at our church. I I volunteer once a week to cut the grass, and it's a lot of grass. There's a lot okay. of listening. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you said partner up with wholesalers. And so what I did is I started calling other wholesalers and say, Hey, you know, put me on your cash buyer list. You had that was one of the things you said in one of your podcasts. I can't remember exactly what episode it was. But I don't think it was about that. I think it was about it was you were driving in your car, and it was just a quick tip to make some money. So what I did was I started calling wholesalers, guys who I knew had deals, and add them to the buyers list, and started going out to lunch with them and seeing what we could help each other out. And man, wow. that was a just a kind of a journey of just working with people. And that that one tip off of your podcast, I'll just say this as a as some good advice to listen to this podcast is that that one tip had made me over a hundred thousand dollars just by working with other wholesalers in my local market. (laughs) So that was cool. cool.
0: I've talked about that a lot, but what you just said is really, really important. You're going to find the longer you're in this business, the more deals and more profitable deals. Many times are going to come from your network, just people that you talk to. And it could be as simple as, hey, do you have a deal that you're trying to sell? Maybe you have a buyer for it, right? And you can co-wholesale the deal. Or yes. could be as simple as just getting on everybody's buyer's list. They, When they advertise properties, you know, eight out of 10 of them are going to be, they're asking too much. Maybe they're a beginning wholesaler. They don't know what they're doing yet. Well, you can still go and make an offer on their properties that they're asking too much for. Chances are they're not going to be able to sell it. They're going to go back to the seller. They're going to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I can't buy it, you know, whatever. But I've got somebody who did offer, you know, something here. Would this work for you or, you know, then you can actually now do deals because you know that seller is motivated. If that wholesaler got under contract, they just weren't smart enough to get it low enough. Well, you can still present an offer. And so if you're smart, you get on everybody's wholesalers list, right? And just make offers on every single property that they, that that comes across, and you're going to get yeah, some of them.
1: That's kind of what I did is I would call them say, hey, I'm a wholesaler, and this is what I do. And just I was being up front with them, telling them kind of who I am, what I do. And one of the deals a guy sent me, uh, it was actually too high. And I approached him, and uh, I said, would you care if I go with you and renegotiate this deal? I think it's a good deal. And I renegotiated it with the seller myself down to lower. Really? And <laughs> I made him more money working with me then he would have gotten as if he sent it out. Nice. We JV'd it and made good money just by partnering up with other wholesalers. So that was a great tip. So thanks a lot for uh, giving that out.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So did you, I know one of the things uh, Tom talks a lot about is start building your buyers list right away. Like first thing, right. Is that something you started doing? So you had some buyers that you knew could buy this.
1: Uh, On that specific deal, my buyers list now is quite large, you know, it. And so that was one of the first things I did was build my buyers list. But at the beginning, it was only a couple hundred people, you know, four or five hundred people. But now it's probably a coach approaching 10,000 on our buyers list now of people. And at the beginning, I would just try to take action. And that's one of Tom's things is take massive and perfect action. So I tried to not be educated first. And that's kind of my personality. Just if you tell me to do it, I'm just going to do it. And I just started yeah, figure, figure out a way it out to later. Make mistakes and surround <laughs> yourself so with awesome. people who are kind of doing what you do. And I have great attorneys, and now I kind of have some of those systems set in place of attorneys and buyers who I know will buy in certain zip codes and know that want certain properties and kind of like a perfect property avatar. I kind of know those things now. But at the beginning, I would just put out some bandit signs, call wholesalers, get a property under contract, and just kind of get on my phone and start calling people and tell them about my deal.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. I really felt like I
1: didn't know what I was doing, except I was good at one thing, which was talking to people. Oh, and
0: you just, this is so key. This is so important. I know one guy in St. Louis, um, I can't tell you, tell you his name, but, uh, that's what he does. He's one of these guys that like gets, um, he's kind of lazy and, uh, (laughs) but he knows everybody, right? Like he's got, all of the everybody knows him kind of he's got phone numbers and emails for everybody and then he um what he does is uh whenever he's gets needs some money right he'll make a bunch of money then he'll just stop working whenever he gets broke again he needs some money he'll just go through his list of everybody and call them one at a time and ask him two questions do you have any deals to sell or are you looking to buy any deals and inevitably Every time he goes through that list, he'll find somebody that has a property they're looking to sell and somebody else that has a property they're looking to buy and he'll put them together, make a little bit of change, you know, like three to five grand or whatever. And yeah. then, you know, that's it. That feeds him. That makes him happy for the next few months. That's how he does it. I love it. It's so yeah, simple. It's, it's isn't great. It? it doesn't it's need so, to be complicated. It
1: really is. There's, you know, now I've made friends with a lot of uh, wholesalers in my market and what we do is we'll try to get together, you know, once every week or two, and we'll kind of pull our lists out of properties that we have. And one of my fellow wholesalers here in town, we're really good friends now, and I'll say, "Hey, what do you have going on? What's on your list that you want to move?" And he may have properties that I have buyers for, and I may have properties that he uh-huh. has buyers for, and he might say, "Yeah, I got well, I got a buyer for that one," and I might say, "Oh, I got a buyer for that one," and we'll just kind of swap deals, and each win. Oh yeah. And that's really how to grow. Uh, is by working with other people like Tom says, and you say it too, you know, it's, it's not competition, you know, it's, it's collaboration, you know, you work together to do a lot of deals.
0: Yeah. That's really, really good. We started, uh, I started a local mastermind here in St. Louis for just wholesalers, just people that are doing deals. So it's invite only. It's kind of exclusive. I jokingly call it the syndicate because it sounds <laughs> cool, but there's negative connotations to <laughs> being a syndicate, but, um, the the cool thing about it is, though, we've wholesaled a lot of deals to each other. Somebody has a deal they need a buyer for. Somebody uh, has a buyer that's looking for deals. There's guys in there that lend money to each other on deals. So we're constantly sharing deals. Everybody profits. Everybody wins. And uh, the cool thing is about this these meetings, too, sometimes people will start sharing what's working for them. Because, you know, maybe they want these other guys to start bringing them more deals because they've got good buyers. So they'll yep. share, like, this is what we're finding is, is what kind of postcards are working now for us, or these postcards, or these bandit signs are working crazy right now, or these zip codes, watch out, you know, we just got a $2,000 fine for doing a bandit sign in this zip code or whatever, we talk about those things. So I'd encourage you, Bo, even in your market, think about starting a local mastermind like that, but make it invite only. So yeah. it's only the active serious investors can come, keep it small, it's okay if it's small, It's it's better to have it small once a month. But to anybody else listening to this too and that's that can be a great source for leads.
1: It's a um, great advice. Very good.
0: So cool. Now, all right, so you in early 2000s so you you kind of quit your job in the fall of 2016, right?
1: Really the fall of 2016, really almost by Christmas time was when I was just kind of walked away was I did my first deal which it came off of a bandit sign. This guy was a 90-year-old landlord called me off a bandit sign and uh house was really nice and made him a cash offer and he accepted it. And I went to a guy who I met at Ria group who turns out to be a fellow wholesaler cash buyer and uh, sold it to him. And that was when I was like, Oh my goodness, this is the real deal. And I walked away. I made 7,500 bucks and I had some savings so I could just kind of walk away Uh from my, from my business and just kind of walked away and never looked back.
0: Were you, were you married?
1: Married and have two kids, five and almost three.
0: Nice. So, what did your what was the conversation you and your wife had during this time? You know, because she's probably was she working herself?
1: No, no, my wife was not working. my My old job was it was a good job. I I made a good living, so I took my wife to a nice steakhouse, and I told her I was like, "This is what I think we can do. This is what I think you know. I think we can do really well here. I think it's very similar to uh, selling life insurance because in my my view of real estate is really not one of dealing with a lot of properties it's one of dealing with people you know because in in insurance we dealt with people and we if we could sell ourselves to people uh we could you know pretty much sell policies and in real estate it's the very same thing as, you know if you're fixing people's problems you know you're going to get deals and so i told my wife i'm i think this is a skill set match for me and i think if I can have, if I can just do 7,500 bucks once a month, that's a good living, you know, but I think I could do more. So she was cool with it. She trusted me and, uh, I'm really glad that she did because I'm very happy that I'm kind of where I'm at. It was a great decision.
0: Nice. So you had her support, which was awesome. Yes, it was. So what did you start doing? As soon as you quit your job, were you, well, what did you start doing?
1: So what I did was I started doing bandit signs. I've never been a male person. I just bandit signs were they were cheap. I found a local guy here in town to print them. And I think I got it for like a buck eighty a sign with the stakes, you know, single-sided. And I thought that was a good deal. So I just put out signs that said, I think it said we buy houses, my phone number. And I put out a hundred bandit signs and I got 66 phone calls. So I, I thought that was pretty good numbers, and I ended up getting a deal from it. Huh. So I just kept doing that, and I would put them kind of at the exit ramps, of highways, and within a block or two of that. And I started doing bandit signs. So that was my main thing for the first little bit. And overall, my very first month, uh, my first month, I made about $40,000. So that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, wow! I just made forty grand on bandit signs."
0: Forty and grand on bandit signs, your first year? Yeah, my first month. Your first, I'm sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, your first month.
1: Yes, that was that was pretty awesome. So I knew I had made the right decision. So we were doing bandit signs. Was our ninety percent probably for the first six or eight months was just bandit signs, and we were doing probably. I'd say between twenty to forty thousand dollars every single month for the first six months was banded signs. Now I, I did have actually a typo on one of my bandit signs one time. That uh, now I switched up my bandit signs to say I buy houses. Then I have my phone number. And then I say twenty-four hour recorded message
0: oh, yeah, because I,
1: I would have a voicemail on there that said, "Hey, you know, I'm buying properties in the neighborhood." looking for properties we need to buy about you know a couple of houses this month something along those lines. well my bandit sign person uh, you know it sent over the template of what we want we buy the same ones every time and she instead of putting message on there, she accidentally put the word massage oh yeah on my bandit sign <laughs> <laughs> so it said I buy houses my phone number 24 hour recorded massage. On my banner signs, <laughs> nice, nice. I'm I'm putting my stakes on there, and I didn't realize it because I'm just, you know, about to go put out in the evening time. My wife comes out and she sees me putting them together, and she's like, "You know, your signs have a typo on them." And I said, "No, no, don't be silly, right?" And she said, "No, seriously, it says massage." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, you know, this is like the life of a of a real estate entrepreneur, you know." trying to just make a buck you know and so i decided you know what the heck i'm gonna i'm gonna put them out anyways you know if somebody's motivated they're just gonna call right so what do i have to lose right it's a mistake so i put them out someone actually calls i get it i get the property under contract off of the
0: massage bandit sign did they say anything about it
1: no nothing they didn't say anything, which was, I'm waiting for them to say something about it. Now, I did get a lot of calls from my fellow, my friends yeah. in town. Everybody was, it was all over our RIA group and, you know, people were making fun of me. But then I bought the property, wholesaled the property and closed the deal and made $20,000 off of a bandit sign that was misspelled. I love it. It's just, you know, stuff like that. that if you're be persistent and don't motivation, they don't care what it looks like if they're really motivated to sell a property, you could handwrite it and misspell words and people would still call if they're truly motivated.
0: I know some people that will intentionally misspell words. I'm trying to think of an example. There was one guy in St. Louis that was doing something. I forget what it was, but it was intentional. Uh, He knew about it. He misspelled something. And uh, he said he's, I can't remember if it was a postcard or bandit sign or But he said he did it intentionally because he found the quality of the calls were better when he got them or something like that. I I wish I could remember what it was.
1: I thought about doing it again. I thought about just, just because just misspelling it. Yeah. People called were quite motivated. It's
0: different. You know, it's a pattern interrupt people when they see these or whatever, they're thinking automatically instantly, they know, Oh, he's going to talk about this or, but you're doing something that's different. It's going to kind of make them do a double take. Make them read it again. Like, what did he say? And then read it again. Yeah, something to test, right? Something to test. All right, so you're, how many, you know, the last, you know, year or so, what percent of your deals have come from bandit signs?
1: I would say about 30% came from bandit signs. And then the last half of the year, last year, so my first 12 months in the business, the last half of the year all came from cold calls. Yeah. So I started. I started cold calling, and that was my really all all I've done the last six months was just only cold call.
0: Okay, we're gonna. I want to talk more about that too here in a minute. But back to the bandit signs. Well, first of all, how much gross revenue did you bring in your first year or the last year, twenty seventeen?
1: About four hundred thousand dollars. Beautiful. That's my amazing. first. My first twelve months of doing deals you know ups and downs and you know side terms of misbanded signs that are misspelled mm-hmm. or months that you don't put them out as much as you should have and you know just kind of getting going and trying to do it all myself which i know a lot of guys are they have all these systems in place i don't i literally just was just writing stuff on a yellow notepad and just trying to follow up with people yeah you know that's that's kind of my just do it all myself and i know that's not maybe the best idea but I enjoy what I do and I enjoy talking to people. And so I like picking up my phone. So that's kind (laughs) of. All
0: right. So your first year you made over about $400,000 in in Mm -hmm. revenue profits from your deals. And what kind of numbers are you averaging now per month as far as number of deals or whatever you feel comfortable sharing?
1: You know, I, I, in this business, I I really, I don't care to share, you know, it's not a big deal because, uh, I want to help people. So, And at the big couple years ago, man, I was, I didn't know anything and I just wanted to make some extra money. So if I can do anything to help people, I will. Now, now in December of 2017, uh, we did 12 deals and we netted right, it was close to $170,000. December
0: 2017. How many deals? I'm writing this down.
1: 12 deals and uh, $170,000 in. uh, our 12th month.
0: Oh man, that is amazing. And in a month that people usually take off or don't do anything. Cause they're, they're, they're worried about the holidays or, you know, low response rates or whatnot. You didn't take any, I'm sure you took maybe a few days off for Christmas, but I mean, like, you didn't shut your marketing off in December.
1: No, we didn't. We, uh, we kept going and just kept going because the way I view the kind of the business is that, I love the excitement of a deal. Uh-huh. You know, it's not necessarily for me about. I love making money. Don't get me wrong; it's great, but I love the deal. I love signing the contract. I, I just, I really, really enjoy that. So, I love the hunt. I like to go look for them. I like it when people say, "Yes, I want to sell my house." I really do enjoy that. So, for me, I look forward to doing this every day. You know, every yet yeah, every no that you get it leads to. Uh, yes is coming. So, awesome. yeah, I, we didn't shut our marketing off. We just kept going every Good. single day. Just keep talking to people. Yeah.
0: All right. So back to your bandit signs, were you doing those signs yourself? Yep. Put them out at night like a bandit. And yep. does Louisville have pretty lax rules or laws with bandit signs or were you, did you have to be sneaky about it? Did you ever get in trouble?
1: I've never gotten in trouble actually. Um, I've never have gotten in trouble about it and they seem to be pretty lax. You know, I use a uh, call rail numbers just like you know, I use a, a number so I can track it. Uh-huh. So that's kind of a, how we do our systems is just have a tracking number, kind of test different words on bandit signs to see what works and what does not work on bandit signs.
0: Okay. And so you you've never really had a problem then? No, never have. Nice.
1: I try to litter up the city as far as like inner city areas. I try to keep them to where other bandit signs would be and not like trashing up the place. You know, got would be thoughtful.
0: Okay. You're just simple handwritten signs, right?
1: They're printed, but they just say, I buy houses, phone number and 24 hour recorded message.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Just for people who may not want to talk to a live person to see what it's all about.
0: I, um, had a student in Lafayette, Louisiana who was doing a lot of bandit signs. And his sign said, we buy houses regardless of equity. And he was doing a lot of lease option deals. And he found that of all the signs, that was his highest converting one. Got the most deals from that. What would you tell somebody, Bo, who is in a tougher area to do signs? Like, you know, there are actual laws on the books that say you can't do bandit signs.
1: Well, if there's laws on the books, you know, I will say this, I'm not an attorney, so don't don't uh, uh-huh. you know I've got to say this something like that. but what I did, I'll tell you exactly what I did, and then people can take it from there. So what I do is I will go out on like a Thursday night, because my thought was that if the people who want to come take them down, they're about to leave on a Friday, and they're thanking God it's Friday, right? That's my thought process is that they don't want to get out there and pull them out. Uh-huh. So Thursday night, Friday rolls around, my signs are up. It goes into the weekend, and I put them on exit ramps, put them on exit ramps of highways. So I pull my hottest cash buyer zip codes. You know, you can do that on ListSource, lots of great podcasts on how to do that. I watch on YouTube, pull your hottest cash buyer zip codes and put them in those areas. So I would put them on the exit ramps in those areas, and within about a block of each uh, exit ramp of the hottest cash buyer zip codes because – I kind of started at the end learning where people are buying, and then I want to go shopping for those buyers by finding the properties in those areas, mm-hmm. and I would just put them on the exit ramps and maybe a, a busy intersection within you know close to the exit ramps, and just be consistent on putting them out every single week and just putting them out there, making sure that they're simple, like the simpler in my in my experience, the least amount of words gets the most calls. okay. Just because if there's a lot of letters, it's hard to read and just keep it very simple. It could be like, I buy houses, we buy houses, put a name on there, Bob or Bill or anything. Just keep it very simple. And you know, you can split test whether you want to have a message or you want a live answer, you know, figure out what works and you can do it pretty inexpensively. It's for a thousand dollars, you could provide yeah. a lot of data signs.
0: There is an app too. If anybody's interested, you can check out simple crew where you can track the people that are doing it.
1: Did you use that? I have not. I actually have the app. I just haven't used it. Okay. Cause I do it all myself.
0: Cool. All right. And um, let's see what else I was going to say about the bandit sign. So just check your local laws and you know, some people, their philosophy is like, well, it's not a big deal. If I get a fine, then I'll pay it, but it's worth the cost of getting those deals. So I'm, we're not an attorney. We're not telling you to break the law. Just figure out what, yeah. what the law is in your area. So, cool. Um, now you're making calls. You well, first of all, you you don't do much uh, uh, direct mail, if any, right?
1: I do not. No, I do not do direct mail. I nice. just okay. No, I never. I just never did it. And I just once I started getting deals from Bandit Signs, I just figured, hey, I'm doing pretty good.
0: All right. So now you're doing cold calls. What does that involve? Calling people. So
1: cold calling is basically – you're getting a list of names just like someone would send mail, and you call those people. You just pick up your phone, and you get it skip-traced, or you get numbers. Uh, Lots of ways you can get your phone numbers for those lists that you would mail, and you call the people. And you call them up, and here's what I say. I say – Hey, my name is Beau. I'm sorry to, sorry to catch you out of the blue, but I'm calling about a property that I believe you own. And I was just wondering if you would be interested in selling it or would consider an offer. I kind of know that's out of the blue, but just wanted to check and see. Hmm. That's all I say. And I they, they're going to say one of four things. They're going to say, yes, I want to sell. No, I don't want to sell. Maybe I want to sell. Or how did you get my number? Okay. That's, that's it.
0: That sounds really complicated and hard. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, not really hard.
0: All right. So then what?
1: So what happens is that if they say yes, you're going to go into a conversation, just like if they called your bandit son. So you're going to go into a conversation about how's the property. You know, you're going to go into that conversation, find out motivation. Why do they want to sell their house? If they say, well, because you called me. Well, then you're gonna have to answer that question, and I always laugh that one off and just make a joke about it because that's my personality. But if they say no, I just say okay, thanks. I you know will talk to you in the future, maybe. Then I put them in a the maybe list and tell them thank you and be kind. And you know if they say how did you get my number, then I just tell them hey, I have a uh, I have a script tracer. His name is Brian actually. I just tell him oh, I have got this employee named Brian and. We buy houses all over the city, and I'd ask Brian to get people's information that live in certain areas. And sometimes we're right, and sometimes we're wrong. But I guess we're right today. Nice. And typically, I've only had one person angry at me, like to the point of like cussing. And he didn't even own the property, so I don't know why he was upset. But (laughs) I try to be—I just try to keep it real. That's—I just try to keep it very real. Like I'm an anti telemarketer. I just try to be very real because, you know, we all get lots of phone calls we all get a lot of texts and messages and voicemails from people we don't know. And I just try to be very disarming on how I approach people and just talking to them and be real and see how I can help somebody. And I use a dialer system. I use a dialer. I don't pick up my phone and like I actually dial numbers like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I use a dialer.
0: Okay. So your, your dialer, which, which dialer is that that you use?
1: I use the Mojo dialer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's just a simple dialer. It's uh, it's easy to use, and you can really categorize your lists and your lead sheets and, and so forth right in the dialer, and it makes it pretty simple, like how you're talking to people right. and stuff.
0: So let's just touch on this again. You're not going through the yellow pages or the white pages and just getting phone numbers. You're finding the lists that people would normally mail to, and you're skip tracing them and just getting phone numbers, right? Correct. Yeah. So where are you getting the phone numbers from? How do you do that?
1: Uh, what you could do is you could put an ad on Upwork. Um, and if you don't know what Upwork is, not you, because obviously you know, but for the listeners, Upwork is like a place where you can hire like a VA or someone to do a task for you. And if you put an ad on there that you need skip tracing done, you will get a lot of people providing services. And, uh, specifically if listeners want to have this done put in an ad that says that you want them to use lexus nexus or tlo you want that you want them to use that service because it's really uh you're going to get a much greater accuracy in your phone numbers mm. so and that's Bo, really important. you're
0: giving away too many secrets here you can't hey, do I'm that <laughs> oh my gosh okay, all right use so other things <laughs> I can't believe this. All right. Now you've got uh, people that are um, doing skip tracing for you from Upwork. What, uh, yep. do, what do they typically, or what do you typically pay for this?
1: Uh, the typical person is going to pay about 25 cents a record. Okay. Yep. Or in or, Up.
0: Yeah. That's not bad at all. No. So then how many numbers, So what, what, the, what kind of list are you giving them to skip trace for you?
1: You mean like the kind of like. The actual list?
0: Yeah, addresses and names and stuff.
1: Yep. You give them, uh, what I do is I give them the owner's address, the owner's name, you know, who owns the property, the owner's address where they currently live, just like you would pull it off of a list source. And then you would make sure how it has the property in question that you want to, that you would like to purchase. So you can get, when they're skip tracing it, they can
0: greater act greater accuracy purposes. What's your favorite list to pull and then send to your skip tracer?
1: Oh, man. My favorite list of all time would probably be uh, – now, this is some super secret stuff here, Joe. Um, but nobody's listening. I, nobody's listening. No. So um, my favorite list would probably be like a code violation list sure. or some kind of distress. Distress is all my very favorite list. And I, I did – besides bandit signs, I would say every deal has come from some sort of distress Yeah, of some sort you know, code violations or inheritance, you know, something like that. I would say that if someone's going to sell a house for cheap, it's going to be because of, they have a reason,
0: uh-huh.
1: you know, and I like to target those reasons and then get a hold of them.
0: Nice. Okay. And so then, um, you could, obviously getting that list is going to be different for every city that people are in.
1: Yes, absolutely. They, it would be different for every city. And you just kind of, my advice on that is getting lists from city is you just got to be a bulldog, man. Just go out there and, don't take no for an answer and just keep charging. You know, if someone tells, you no, just, just smile and say, thanks. And next, you know, try uh-huh. to find somebody else.
0: Right. Right. And then, um, so who's making these calls for you then? I do. You're just doing yeah. it yourself on Mojo cells.
1: See, that's it. just me. And I started by doing, um, uh, just by myself. I would do a couple hours a day, three or four hours every, every single day. And I would, talk to the people and I would kind of schedule my appointments out. You know, If I get a lead there, I would schedule my appointments and in Mojo, you can categorize that and I would just do it all myself. And, and so you're, you
0: go on the appointments yourself too.
1: I do. And now I, I, ju- I have a guy who works for me now. Uh, his name's Richard and he does acquisitions now and um, kind of lead manager. And he's a
0: phenomenal asset to the business. Why, why are you making the calls yourself? Why don't you outsource that?
1: Well, number one is because I, I like doing it. And I I came from a business that was very work-intensive, and so I will sit around now and get bored if I'm not doing something, and I like talking to people, so it's just kind of my personality. But the business now is kind of requiring me to do other things besides just sitting on the dialer because we're growing, and I have to – it's forcing me to do other things, so I'm having to bring people along. Good. Okay. Simple. But when I first started, I had to do it myself. I didn't have anybody else. So I just, it was just me.
0: <laughs> One of the things that I appreciate about you, Bo, is that you, you talked about this when we were in uh, wherever, Orlando. You keep things super simple. Like you just had a pad of paper that you carried around with you for the longest time, tracking your leads. You don't have to have any kind of fancy, complicated CRM, right? Nope, you, no. You, you figured out where, what, what's your highest and best use of your time.
1: Right. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I still don't know how to use Podio. I I don't know how I just uh, Richard. He's trying to learn it. And I just tell him, hey, man, we got to do revenue producing activity, stuff that is going to bring money in. Because learning Podio, like you say, you know, uh, show you a a broke wholesaler is a guy who's awesome at Podio, (laughs) Yeah. you know, and that is so true. Like you learn these things and it's kind of like a badge of honor to be system smart. But you're you're poor. You know, you can have the best systems in place, but if you're not talking to people and you're not doing deals, it really doesn't matter how great your systems are if you don't have a pipeline full of deals. Yeah. So I try to keep it just very simple, keep revenue in first position of just talking to people, keep them follow up like a madman. When someone says no, what I've learned in life insurance is that no really doesn't mean no, it just means not yet. Yeah. Because. You know, I would try to sell somebody life insurance, and they'd say, ah, oh, no, you know, it's not important right now. That's what it really meant, is it's not really important. So I would follow back up with them six months later, and they may be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I lost your number. I'm so glad you came by. Mm-hmm. Somebody just passed away, and we've really been thinking about getting life insurance. And this is really the same. You could contact someone who said no six months ago, but life changes. And follow-up, is I found, it is very important to doing deals. Is follow up just because someone says no once doesn't mean it's no forever. Yeah, just, just keep going. I mean, just keep following up.
0: That's super powerful. You're gonna find. Do you find this true? Most of your deals come from the follow up. Oh,
1: absolutely. I would say eight or nine of ten come yeah. from extreme follow up. I would say ninety percent. Ninety percent probably comes from follow up.
0: Especially when you're doing cold calling like you're doing, right? I mean, like how many touches on average? does it take for you to get a deal out of these cold calling strategies?
1: I would say 10 or more, you know, 10 touches because you talk to somebody one time, let's say it's Miss Betty. You talk to Miss Betty and she's like, yeah, I'm busy. I'm going to go get my hair cut. Okay. I'll call you back next Tuesday. And so you call her and then she's busy with her grandkids. And then you call her back and you know, you just keep following up and then she can't meet you or somebody's sick or kids are going to ball practice or people are busy. So, Let's just say that you contact them once and they say, I'm busy, you call me back. Well, you never call them back. Well then I call and I keep following up. Uh-huh. And then I get a deal because I followed up. One time I did a deal and I had to follow up this lady because she was an airline attendant. I, I edit it up. I text her over a hundred and thirty times we had exchanged over 50 phone calls wow and we had about 50 emails back and forth they were absentee out-of-state owners
0: no way
1: and over 200 points of contact to do a deal and you know when other people would have given up just keep following up well i would text her once a day how you doing you okay can i do anything for you today and she's like i'm in london you know and Just trying to follow up on a deal just to make it happen. And, you know, just a lot of people just do not follow up. They're not good at it. And if you just keep those things in front of you, like, hey, I've got to call this person. Just keep doing it every single day.
0: (laughs) I love it, Bo. I love it very much. I love how you keep it simple. Just stick to the basics. You're brilliant at the basics.
1: Oh, that's so good, man. It is. It's so true.
0: Good. Good for you, man.
1: Good at the basics, man.
0: Do you still one more question for you? Do you still market for buyers? Are you still out there? Because you're doing a lot of seller networking. I mean finding sellers, but do you still Mm -hmm. are you still marketing for buyers to make sure your buyers list is fresh?
1: Yes, I I do market for buyers now and I do a lot of that with realtors. I found that working with realtors, uh our local real groups, they bring a lot of good buyers. And I always stay on my phone with buyers now. That is, that's just specifically my job now because I, have, I brought on somebody else. And my job is just to network with buyers, seeing what they want. And then we kind of go shopping for that, learning what our buyers want, and then huh. kind of starting from the end. I mean, that's what really has kind of boosted up our profits is if someone says, hey, I want a house in this zip code. We go and find it.
0: It's always easier to shop for what buyers want. Than to sell them what you have,
1: it is. Imagine like going to the grocery store without a list from your wife, and you just come home with a bunch of random groceries. They probably wouldn't be very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the same thing, you know. Go out and send a deal out to your buyers list, and I'm like, oh, this is not good. We don't like that zip code.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if you have a, a property in an awesome zip code, people will be lined up at the door thirty minutes early.
0: Nice, awesome. So, Bo, what's a good way if somebody wants to get a hold of you and and uh, maybe they have some deals in Kentucky or they're looking to partner with you on some deals or is there a, a Facebook, a good place to go to, to reach out to you and, and talk to you?
1: Yeah, you can, uh, you can connect with me on Facebook, which is Beau Hollis, B-E-A-U, Bo Hollis, B E A U not B O. And just a picture of me on there. And you can also go to my website. I have a website, Louisville wholesale houses.com.
0: Nice. I'm going to type that in right now. Louisville wholesale,
1: wholesale houses. houses houses.com. .com. And uh, I can sign up, you can be on our buyers list. And if you're a local wholesaler in the area, man, you know, I obviously love to connect, you know, see how we can help each other out. But I just love doing deals. It's fun. I enjoy helping people out. You know, that is kind of the really, I think a good wholesaler, I think helps the people out who want to sell their properties. And we walk away with a lot of hugs at the closing table because people are just in crazy situations and it's just fun. I like helping people, man. It's cool. How
0: do you spell Louisville? Lu- How do you spell Louisville? <laughs> I can't. L O U <L-O-U-I-S-2> I S
1: V I L L E.
0: L O U I <I-S-2> S V I L L E. Yes. Wholesalehouses.com. Mm-hmm. It's your websites. Maybe it's me. I'm spelling it wrong. Oh, you know what? It's redirecting to Louisville Ah, yeah, I don't
1: know why. Well, God, Okay, it it, it is working. I'm on. The, I'm on the website. Is uh, LouisvilleHostelhouses Yep, I'm on here right now. It's working.
0: Okay, well, go good. I'm just typing it in wrong. I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, sometimes it, it will do that to me. I don't know why it will redirect.
0: Do you have to do a dub 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 at the beginning? I no, no. I don't know why, but yeah,
1: I'm on here and it is working. Okay, so. Well, <laughs> good. Yeah, it's uh, but yeah, this podcast, man, it has been just as a guy who's just putting his head down and working. And I'm an everyday guy. I listen to this podcast in my car while you're in your car doing your podcast. And just a little tidbits of information that you give out for free, just to help people do deals. You can't put a price on those things. It's helped. It's added at least six figures to my bottom line in my first year of business, just on the free stuff that you give out. And I'm very thankful for that.
0: Awesome. So glad to hear that. And you can see, guys, why I wanted Bo on the podcast now. Um, That's amazing, Bo. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. Give your wife a big hug for us, letting you do this and trusting you with this and helping you and supporting you. That's cool. You got an awesome family. I wish I remember meeting your wife. Your kids weren't with you at that time. No, because you were out. That's right. Okay. Yeah, we were out. Cool, and Bo. One of the things Bo was telling me that he's going to start doing soon is you're going to start traveling. That's one of your goals, right? You want to start traveling around the country and doing deals yes. virtually.
1: Yes, I need to get like you though. You know where you have the whole system in place to, you know, bring your whole family and take care of all that stuff. I, I'm not at your level yet, so I got to get there.
0: Well, you man, no, you are. Like you, if you've got it simple enough, like you've got it, it's so easy to systemize and automate, and you know, it's like even the parts that you can't automate, you can do. You can work maybe an hour, two hours a day making those phone calls yourself if you really wanted to, from wherever in the world you are.
1: Oh man, I, I'm, I'm. I just had my first interview with a VA last night, and that was so exciting. But I really don't almost know what to have her do. <laughs> <I'm>,
0: <laughs> just hire, just hire her or him, and you'll find things for them to do. If if anything. Okay, Bo, you've got some real estate investing courses that you've bought in the past that are collecting virtual dust. Uh, they are okay. Just give that to the VA and have the VA start going through it and implementing it.
1: That's good advice, right there, gold.
0: <laughs> they got a lot of gold nuggets on this podcast. This has been this has been really really good, Bo. Thank you very much, guys. If you want, uh, if you don't know how to spell Louisville either, you can go to the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com dot com and you'll get a link to that and. um Also, just look up Bo Hollis, B-E-A-U, Hollis, H-O-L-L-I-S. Look him up on Facebook. Give him a shout out. Uh, Maybe you guys can partner on some deals together. Maybe you can look for some uh, private money opportunities, whatever. Bo is a stand-up guy, integrity, has a lot of integrity, and I just appreciate his passion and enthusiasm and how he keeps it so simple, and that's why he's had so much success in this business. Thanks both so much. I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, Joe. All right. Talk to you later.